It's the proverbial question. Starting from the first time you utter an interest in medicine, your parents, your friends, your mentors, your teachers, admissions committees, everyone's asking you, why do you want to be a doctor? This is not just a question you should think about before medical school, but one that you should revisit throughout your career. In last week's episode, we introduced one facet of Viktor Frankl's idea of tragic optimism. Another part of this idea is with respect to finding your purpose. One of Frankl's basic tenets is that those who are driven by purpose rather than the pursuit of happiness are more able to weather the storms ahead. Physician burnout is just one example of these storms that you face in a career in medicine. In this episode, we'll explore how to find your why, what it means to be purpose-driven, and how to lead from a place of purpose. Welcome to Leading the Round. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Leading the Rounds. Just a reminder before we dive into our content from today, that if you like what we're doing and want to help us out, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Leading the Rounds. And you can also connect with us at our website, leadingtherounds.com, or you can shoot us an email at leadingtherounds at gmail.com if you have any ideas for furthering our podcast. For today's episode, we're going to add on to an idea we begun in our discussion last week, which is tragic optimism. This idea is from Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which is one of my favorite books of all time. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we just want to give you a quick recap of what we talked about last week. Last week, we tied together the ideas of not complaining in medicine with tragic optimism. And we talked about how no matter what happens to us, we always have the ability to choose how we respond in any situation. So if we're having a bad day, if we want to complain, we can always choose to see things in positive light and to choose to have a positive outlook on our situations. This week, we want to talk about another facet of Viktor Frankl's tragic optimism. We want to discuss how finding your why can improve your life and improve how you're able to lead a team in medicine. So we're going to start this episode talking about what it means to be purpose-driven. So Peter, do you want to start us out? What do you think it means to be a purpose-driven person, and why is it important to find your why? So... I think to understand where you're going or what you're doing, you need to know why you're doing it. And that's that's kind of what Viktor Frankl was saying at the end of his book. But in the beginning, he was contrasting the idea of being purpose-driven versus driven towards the idea of happiness. And I think we've all heard about like the most fulfilling things aren't always the easiest things. And they might not make you happy in the moment, but at the end of the day, that's kind of the things that you like sit back and and reflect on and and that's what makes you kind of have that feeling of, of overall satisfaction in the things that you've done. And that comes in understanding what those things are that bring you that deep sense of satisfaction requires you to understand your purpose. So one of the things that I wanted to bring up is the idea of the golden circle, which is an idea Simon Sinek has, made, has popularized in his books. And if you can imagine a series of concentric circles, one labeled what? one labeled how and one labeled why. Um, The why would be in the center and that's kind of like your core. Why you're doing things is the core. Immediately concentric to that is your how and outside of that is your what. And these are all different questions that you can ask yourself when making decisions, whether they be big or small. And I think asking the right question is always an important thing to do but you won't be able to ask what am I supposed to do or how should I do something if you don't know why you're doing something. And you mentioned making decisions there. 
And when I think about leading yourself with why and living your life with why, it's almost a decision that takes care of a lot of other decisions. What I mean by that is, for example, if, if you say your, your purpose is, or one of your core guiding principles is to be a healthy individual and to care about your health, then that automatically takes a bunch of decisions away that you have to make later. So for example, you go to a coffee shop or a donut place and you, you see a donut and you don't have to make that split second decision. Am I going to order a bunch of donuts right now or not? Because you've already made the big decision that covers all of those. So you've already said, I'm going to be a, a healthy person who you know, cares about my physical health and, and moves towards you know, optimizing health. Then you're not going to get a bunch of donuts at the donut shop. You know, if, or if you're, you're at the bar and you're drinking and you, know, you decide, yeah, should I have a few more drinks? Like in the moment, that's a hard decision to make. But if you've already decided, you know, one of my core values is staying healthy or, or whatever it is, then you've already made the decision before you're put in the tough situations. So one of the things I really like about being a purpose and being a, a, a why driven person is that it, it honestly makes your life a little bit easier because once you've identified these core things, it takes care of a lot of these in the moment, split second decisions that can often sway us from our, our goals. And, and in a way you're actually, I think it makes making those split second decisions. Like if you're really, if you're really in tune with your why and have a clear sense of purpose. So you're talking about, about being healthy and then you have your own reasons for why you want to be healthy. And I have my own reasons for why I want to be healthy, but, but it, that's what you're getting at is, is, is those split second decisions are the what what do I do here? And if you have a clear sense of why that, what is going to be second nature. So, you know, you're, yeah. you're going to see those donuts. You're going to be like, what am I? No, I don't want those. No, thank you. Right. Exactly. So it almost like puts your difficult everyday decisions on autopilot because you already have this deep thread that is running through your entire life and you don't want to compromise who you are and what your values are. I, I will say though, at this point, I know my, my mom listens to this. Um, <laughs> I do eat sweets, so I do have to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I know but but only in moderation. Only in moderation. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, think moderation. I think my why is uh, I like to enjoy those things, um, and it's it's more of like okay, do I have do I have one or do I have six? Right. That's that's my right. that's my debate. It's not whether do I have zero right. or one. Anyway, right. I just want my. And I think that's also you know that's <laughs> <laughs> that's based on like I just use that as an example, but. I mean, everybody's different and what their goals and what their mm -hmm. values are. And so it's going to be different for you versus different from me. Yeah. And you touched on this a little bit, so I want you to expand on it. But, but you, you mentioned leading from a place of purpose. Um, maybe you can go a little bit more into why, why do you want to lead from a place of purpose and what does it do to the team that you're leading or a part of? You can think of a healthcare team and we all should have a common purpose and that's to take care of our patients. But I feel like a lot of times, you know, we get too busy and we get stuck in the daily routine and we can sometimes forget this. And I was listening recently to um, a speech from Peter Pronovist, who's a quality researcher from Hopkins and somebody that um, I think has done really great work. He worked with Tool Gwande and Marty McCary on the WHO surgery checklist and was very influential in that. And he gave this speech about almost a similar topic that we're going to talk about today. And he contrasted an airline 
it was a, somebody who was working in the airline industry cleaning the planes versus a healthcare worker. And he said he used one time he was on a flight and and he saw the person cleaning the plane and he asked, "Hey, like, what what do you do? Like, what's your role in in this company?" And the person that was cleaning the plane said something along the lines of, "I want to ensure safety for." the passengers and a mm-hmm. great interaction for, for everybody who's going to fly on this plane. Mm-hmm. And they were very, you know, purpose driven. They, they had their goal. And even though they were just sweeping the plane, you know, it was their mission to make sure everybody was safe, make sure everybody had a great flight and make sure this experience was quality. And then he said, he contrasted that to somebody in the healthcare industry that's, you know, cleaning a healthcare room. Um, somebody who's like just some of the staff that or CNA or something like that. And he said he went to the hospital after that and and asked them, you know, what do you do? Like, what what's your role here? And they said, oh, I clean the room. And he said that was just very eye opening to realize that, you know, even though we have people's lives in our hands, we're not as purpose driven and we're not as wide driven as some of the other industries that we see. And and that that person cleaning the room is super influential for infection control and for safety of the patients that go in the hospital but we're just not on on the same page that we're working as a team Mm -hmm. and so i think the point there is that if we can get the people on the healthcare team to all buy into one goal of keeping the patients safe and helping their lives i think we can be more efficient in how we care for our patients and how we work as a team towards that goal and even like broadening that idea, just being a purpose-driven person allows you to put your work into context. So I, 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 don't, I haven't listened to Peter Pronovo's speech, but I wonder, I'm going to ask, did he talk about satisfaction with the job? Like, was the airline pilot more satisfied because they knew why they were cleaning the plane? They knew that, that they had a very integral role in patient satisfaction or uh, not patient satisfaction, customer satisfaction. Right. Yeah. So he didn't necessarily mentioned satisfaction, but he did talk about the body language that each person had when they answered that question. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that the person that was sweeping the airline plane, as soon as he asked that, they stood up tall and they delivered their message and, and they said, you know, I'm here to keep people safe. Whereas the healthcare work he, he mentioned, as soon as he asked, what do you do? They kept along with their job. They kept their head down and they said, oh, I clean the rooms. And so you could even tell by just their body language and how they responded to each of those questions, you know, who was passionate about what they did and who felt like they were making a difference and working towards a vision and who just felt like they were doing a job and just trying to get along. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a powerful thing. Kind of bringing it back to the, the golden circle. Um, a lot of people can do their what's in their house without knowing the why, but then they end up being dissatisfied, like you were saying. Um, so what I liked about Simon Sinek's idea is that when you have your why, knowing how you're going to do something can bring it into a clearer focus. So these things kind of feed into each other. It also reminds me. So I recently read shoe dog by Phil Knight and he talked about a George Patton quote, who was a general in world war two. And it kind of goes along with this idea. And then also something that we've talked about, we talked about with Cal Walters, I believe on a previous episode. And I've also read in a decent amount of literature. Um, but the quote was, don't tell people how to do things, tell them what to do and let, let them surprise you with the results. Mm-hmm. 
And so it kind of ties together because if somebody has a, a purpose and a why and a mission driven um, idea and you tell them we want to take care of our patients the best we can, they can feel ownership over that idea and they can decide how they're going to carry that out and, and feel empowered to work towards that vision. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of empowering them to, to take on that role and to work towards that, that vision instead of micromanaging them and having them feel down on themselves the entire time. Giving them a sense of ownership. Yeah. Um, and that actually feeds in nicely to the next thing I want to talk about, which is, is having a purpose-driven group. It's important to know your, your why you're doing something with your life, but also as a part of a team, you should know why you serve that specific role. So like if you're the brand marketer, you're, 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 ahead of, you're the head of like managing the company's the group's image. Uh, it's not your purpose to manage the money and it might not be your strengths either. So, you know, kind of, it gives you a clear role. It gives you, allows you to bring your goals into focus within the group and it allows you to function under the group's unified why. So why does the, why does the group exist? And then why do you exist within that group? I think that just like brings together the whole idea of teamwork and working as a team. Mm -hmm. And in healthcare, there's so many different people involved, but each has a specific role and each role contributes to the main idea and the main mission of the group. I'm almost wondering if the um, the room cleaner from Peter Pronovost's speech knew why he was doing it. If someone ever like sat him down and, and said, this is why your job is important. That's probably one of the faults of the hospital and the system that we're in is that not everybody knows the vision and, and knows the why that they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something important when we, move towards leadership roles ourselves is realizing and making sure that everyone on our team is bought in to a specific vision and mission. And, and knowing how they contribute to it too. I guess that comes second, but that, that would be a how, not a why. Right, right. <laughs> but I think uh, also like it allows people to, you know, feel confident that they're contributing and that they have a specific role in this team like there's a quota like that's like everybody is better than me at something or everyone can teach me something and i think people whether it's somebody cleaning the room or cna or something you know i think it's easy to because i've been in some of those roles volunteering in the hospital to think like oh what i'm doing doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but no you're contributing to the team and you're making a difference and doing something that somebody else couldn't necessarily do and so think being a part of that team and having a, a why that you're working towards allows you to feel more fulfilled, even if you're doing small little tasks that you think, you know, don't make that much of a difference. It's actually reminding me of my, my very first volunteering experience in a hospital. Um, I think I was 16 and I was volunteering in the ER at the hospital that my dad had a practice in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I was getting in there thinking that I would like get the shadow doctors and talk to doctors, but you know, not knowing what I know now, that's kind of like a silly thing to expect because ERs are crazy. Um, right. Even in, even in Hawaii, ERs are crazy. 
shark bites and surfing accidents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I ended up, you know, doing pretty moot tasks that I wasn't really happy with. Um, like I ended up folding sheets, collecting urine samples and, you know, organizing urine samples and filing paperwork and all that. Um, but I, and I didn't, at the time, I didn't really know that all of those things were super important to getting rooms turned around quickly. And I also didn't know that, that the faster you can turn around an ER room, the faster you can take in another person, which is right. the purpose of an ER room, which is to take in people who need care now. So I guess reflecting on that experience, I now know why, but at the time I was very dissatisfied with it. And part of it was because I didn't know why, like it, it was important that I, I folded these sheets fast or I, I put the urine samples in the right place to get to the lab on time. So yeah, it just reminded me yeah. of, you know, sometimes you don't know your why, but there's, I think as a part of a team, positions aren't made without a sense of purpose in mind. And I think it's both on the person who fills that role to figure out what it is my job is and why it's important, as well as a person employing to also clearly state that here's why it's important for you to be in this role. Um, otherwise, you know, like if, I think when you lack that, that sense, like uh, the top down sense of why you feel lost and that's where you kind of start to build dissatisfaction to your company and, and, and ineffectiveness as well. Yeah. I think you ended that very well. Cause I was going to follow up and ask you like, how do, how do you think we, we instill this sense of purpose in, in everybody along the team. And I love how you brought up it's, your responsibility as a member of the team to work towards figuring out why am I doing this? But it's also the leader's responsibility as well to instill and empower everybody and tell them that this is your role. This is exactly why you're doing it. And it is our overall goal to help our patients and to keep them safe and mm -hmm. keep them healthy. And so it's, it's both people's responsibility and they need to work together to try to make that, that why concrete. I think if I if I had known why, I probably would have been more motivated to maybe even find some better solutions. Um, going going back to that whole ownership thing that you were, that we were talking about earlier, I might have been like I might have seen something that I thought was ineffective, or I might have found better ways to do it. But I was just you know doing things to do them, you know, rack up my hours to put on my my AMCAS application. Right, right. Um, and that's not and that's not that's not why you should do things. I tell this to my mentees all the time. I think I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, but don't, don't do things that you're not excited about. I think yeah. it kind of brings up like quality improvement and quality assurance too, because if everybody's empowered and feels like they can contribute, just like you mentioned, they're, they're going to look out for, for creative ideas for how to make it better. Mm -hmm. So by empowering them with a sense of why and with a sense of purpose and making them feel like they're an important part of the team, they might even go out of their way now to work towards that goal and work towards that purpose. So you're creating opportunities now for other people to contribute in ways that you might not have thought of, and they might have creative solutions to the problems that, that are in your hospital or in your system that you might not have had time or you might not have even thought of as, as a leader as well. Definitely. Because, yeah, you know, if you're at the top, you kind of miss like the day-to-day -day actions at the bottom. And that's where a lot of the good solutions come from is inspiring ideas through the details of the job. So I want to bring it back to um, the idea of, of leading from a place of why. I think it's, it's critically important 
for a leader to have that sense of why because their their vision establishes the vision for the group as a whole and without that without that then you kind of you know no one's why it really matters under that under that group so that kind of begs the question how do you figure that out then and so maybe we can start with individual first and then move towards a leadership role but Peter, how do you think you figure out your why and start to cultivate what your purpose is? So there's a, a before we get into like the practical things, I think being able to clearly state your why is important. And the way that the Seneca group says that you should be able to state your why is to blank so that blank. Right. So I want to do this so that I can do this. And without answering that question, I don't think you can really clearly define your why. And and that takes a lot of work. So you can do this through self-reflection. Um, and there's a couple of ways that I feel like reflection really helps is, is looking to your past. So what are the, what are the, you know, impactful experiences that you've had that have brought you to where you are now and what have you learned from them and really taking time to understand the lessons that, that had developed from those can give you a good sense of why you're here now. Going to, you know, actual workshops that, that are dedicated, provide dedicated time for people to discover their why or enrolling in a class with the Senate group. That's a great way to work on finding your why. They're experts at this. This is all their, their whole thing. Um, and there's also one, one uh, powerful exercise that I think really worked for me was Stephen Covey's eulogy exercise. And that's when you imagine your funeral and you imagine what are people going to say about you or rather, what do you want people to say about you? I think it's a really powerful way to kind of align your in internal compass towards your why. And when I read Stephen Covey's book and thought about the eulogy exercise, I not only thought about like, what are other people, what do you want other people to say about you? But if you got to your deathbed and you think back over your life, you know, what would tell you that you did what you wanted to do? You want to look back and be, fulfilled and and be happy with what you committed your life to and so by thinking about that and putting yourself in your shoes at the end of your life you kind of have that ten thousand view and and to use you know stephen covey's reference begin with that and in mind that what is what is going to fulfill my life and what what are things that i can do to work me towards that fulfillment I think that's a good place to end for today. Hopefully you guys were able to learn some things about why finding your why is extremely important for you as an individual, but then also as a team to work together towards a common vision and a common goal. Again, if you like what we're doing, feel free to reach out to us and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Again, you can reach us at leadingtherounds.com or at leadingtherounds at gmail.com. See you next time on Leading the Rounds.